0: have accessed Omnibus Addenda, Volume 25. 25th Anniversary. Ben Cinco. Entry 749.2S1114, Certificate Number 35752. Mail Trucks. Are you kidding me? This is from four years ago. Mail Trucks are back in Three the news, enough. and every time
1: they are, we hear about it here, Mail here at Omnibus. Central. Of all of the shows we've done, how many shows have we done now? 420. 400? Well, by the time this is released, 413 will be available, it looks like.
0: Wow. We should do a special episode for f- episode 420.
1: Accidentally, we did. Oh. It is our first ever episode about addictive
0: substances. <laughs> right on. Is it? Maybe. <laughs> I guess well, we'll see. It seems weird to me that, uh, that of 420 episodes, we are still known Mostly. primarily for episode 87 mail trucks,
1: <laughs> which we did not particularly like and was not particularly good. <laughs> well, it was big mail truck news this week because um, the infrastructure bill I mean, I, you know, ev- everything good I'm sure got stripped
0: out of it. Biden's revolutionary infrastructure bill, where we are actually funding fixing bridges. Crazy, crazy liberal politics.
1: Yeah, only in a socialist uh, hellhole like the United States would you try to repair bridges and highways. But the bill, I think, uh, when signed the bill, actually, uh, the final version has $6 billion
0: for electric mail trucks. Oh, I like this idea, electric mail trucks. Yeah, Biden announced— I love that band, 60s uh, (laughs) pop band, psychedelic pop.
1: Strawberry alarm clock opening for electric mail trucks. I think when ba- Biden was inaugurated one of his first pro- um, first prom- things he said in his in his inauguration speech uh, he was woken up electric mail trucks he was woken up and abruptly said <laughs> electric mail trucks uh that yeah that he would electrify the mail fleet that it was a priority it's a good idea um, and they're going to buy like 165,000 of these new delivery vehicles from the company that won the bidding the Bidding right. war? What is it when there's a yeah. government
0: contract yeah. out for bids? Yeah. But like I guess bidding bidding war seems like a record industry thing. It's a... But yeah. They won the contract. War. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's not Grumman, huh?
1: No, it's Oshkosh Defense. They okay. make children's overalls and mail trucks.
0: Guided missiles.
1: And, you know, the post office is kind of embattled right now because yeah. they're trying to replace the guy that can get rid of the guy. Yeah. Um, but the spokesperson says that if they get that amount of funding, the mail trucks would be completely, the fleet would be completely electric by 2028, whereas previously they thought it was going to take decades.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I think that everything should be electric. Everything. Yeah. I was, Or hydraulic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're only like two minutes in before you did the first call forward to a show that won't air till January. That's good. The, uh, I was at the post office yesterday. And it was lovely. Yeah. I was. I know you love the post office. Have you ever? Do you ever think about this? That brief moment where there was a the the uh, the cultural association of postal employees with with how they were all just crazy eyeball twitching murderers about to about to kill you all. Yeah. Um, it was. Is just, that still true? <laughs> I mean, of course it's true. We don't say it anymore. Yeah. No, no. There were just a handful of unfortunate incidents. I think, and I think yeah. now that the postal the postal service is so embattled by other forces. We feel like it would be churlish to make those
0: right. We don't like, say going postal anymore.
1: Leno era po- punchlines about going postal. Onto the post office and everyone was lovely. The w- the woman at the counter uh, is the like the sweetest lady who's always there and always says "Have a blessed day." Oh wow!
0: And uh, you know, church and state can church and state. Uh, post office is a private organization.
1: They can say what they can do what they want. They can put the Virgin Mary on every on every <laughs>
0: stamp, and there's
1: nothing you can do about it. Like, it'll be like the Beatles, and there's a picture of Virgin Mary, and you'll be like, what? <laughs> no,
0: no, the First Amendment. I uh, I feel like other cities in America uh, that retained their old marble-floored, high-columned... Yeah, I've only ever been in little awful post offices. Dome-be-decked post offices have this feeling, I mean, I'm sure inside those post offices... There are still the kind of bulletproof glassed, um, like old-fashioned adding machine clerk experiences. But at least as you walk across the the floor, if you're wearing leather-soled shoes, which nobody does anymore, you would still get that satisfying tap, tap, tap of walking on a marble floor in a big open space.
1: That's why you go to the post office. Pretend you're in a bank
0: in 1968. But – in Seattle, we did that um, Century Twenty One business in the late fifties, where we tore down every good thing. All of the we tore down our Carnegie Library, we tore down our post office, and replaced it with shabby asbestos-tiled mid-mod government garbage. And the post office experience here is just every time I go in, it just feels like, oh, the apocalypse came and went. And this is what's left. That's all it takes is one fluorescent light to turn you into, Just like, oh, oh, get me man, out of this dystopia. Come on, why didn't we keep the old drafty, echoey buildings that well, make you really feel like you're doing something?
1: Well, come to the post office up on 85th and Greenwood, where I always go. Yeah. And there's one kind of um, happy nerd postal employee that always talks about cosplay. Sure. And then there's this kind of like sweet Church and state, el- sweet, I still el- say. sweet elderly African American church lady, right? Who um, says half a blessed day, and uh, she gave me a chocolate yesterday. What? Yeah, the post office gave me a. Those a, are my freaking tax dollars, was, and it was a Ghirardelli. It's not. It's a private, and it was a Ghirardelli chocolate. Like it was good chocolate. And she asked me what I thought about the Ahmad Arbery verdict. Whoa! Which I don't know if I would have started with that. Church and state. <laughs> so it was a lovely, and every time I go there, they're they're fantastic, and I always feel bad about the cheap punchlines
0: about how. I mean about postal employees, because they've got a rough job. Because as far as you're concerned, going postal means giving someone a nice chocolate. Giving someone an upscale
1: Bay Area square of chocolate. Yeah, that's what it should mean from now on. Hey, John, I'd like to go postal. Uh,
0: Happy Halloween. Now, you keep saying that the post office is some kind of private enterprise. What do you mean by that? It's a government agency. It's not The
1: postal service has not been privatized despite... Trump appointees' best efforts, but since the Postal Reorganization Act of 1970, um, the Post Office has not been a cabinet-level department, which it long was. Oh, I see. Sure, it's it's uh, it's its own corporation-like independent agency, like a, a is this a, like Amtrak? an outside corporation authorized by the U.S. government? Yeah, it's a quasi quasi governmental agency like Amtrak.
0: Hmm.
1: Are you so so? It's okay for them to put St. Christopher on stamps
0: mm-hmm. and
1: ask me about the Ahmaud Arbery verdict mm-hmm. and say, have a blessed day mm. and show me photos of their cosplay. Mm. This is all... In fact, it's encouraged. Hmm. If your letter carrier is not doing all those things <laughs> every time he comes to your house, uh, you should be angry and like not give him a bottle of whatever this Christmas.
0: So Amtrak and the post office are often used by by small government conservatives as examples of how... Letting the government do a thing uh, produces a bad customer service experience and waste. But what you're saying— But at the same time, they're just choking off those agencies in hopes of right. perpetuating that. Right. But, but you're saying that it's an example of how— Quasi-privatizing a government agency produces?
1: That is exactly what I believe. I yeah, see. The post office has
0: lost a lot of its... Um, luster. Its prestige and luster <laughs> in a sexy way. <laughs> so you're saying if the if the U.S. government regained control of like total yes. like there, cabinet level there's control... There's
1: been a 50-year campaign to whittle away the post office, and starting turned with And turn the
0: post office to like some kind of hot government zone... That it would be, it'd be like going into a special forces training camp. Everybody in there would be like wielding swords. I mean, it's already so much better than the private
1: companies or what it does at at the amazing scale. It does it despite its budgetary constraints. But yeah, it would be amazing. You'd have a, every stamp would have Big Bird telling you to get a vaccine. Hell
0: yes. It would be, it would be a utopia. (laughs) (laughs) Electric trucks. You know, on my street, there's a dead end street that's down in a ravine And the people that there are five houses, no, three houses down on the, on the other side of this little asphalted, uh, ravine. And apparently all three people that live there order five packages from, uh, from a mail order catalog a day because it's a constant stream of these giant diesel trucks going down into this thing that is, you know, that basically like if you drove, Four segues over this culvert a day, you would be stressing the engineering. And it's just one truck after another. There's no place for them to turn around. So they're backing uh, up and around. One of them's going to go into the river one of these days. You said and that with a gleeful look in your I, eye. Well, yeah. But, the, uh, but I hope it goes into the river on the other side of my property and not into my little little culvert. Biden's zippy electric Biden mobiles. That's what I'm hoping. Are going to solve all the this. The Biden mobiles. They're going to be zipping around like a Chevy Volt. <laughs> Entry 815.2S0523. Certificate number 26780. Mulberry Mania.
1: This has nothing to do with mulberries, but in the uh, ending of that show, that was the show where I opened up an envelope only to find that you and I had been granted
0: membership in the Kentucky Colonels. Yep. Uh, A banner day. Uh, and we both donated to the Kentucky Colonels, did we not? We did, and there are many fine uh, charitable works. Did, the, did you donate at a level where you got a lapel pin or a little badge of some kind? They sent me something. I can't remember.
1: Yeah. What was, I, uh, what was the cutoff?
0: I don't remember. Well, at different levels, you got different things. At a certain level, you got a crown with a with an all-seeing eye in it that that uh, used ruby power. Yeah, I
1: gave a, I gave a, a large enough amount that I got a floating orb mm-hmm. that contains the bones of every winner of the Kentucky Derby. Say again. It's fantastic. So it was always a mystery how, you know, we were joking about being Kentucky colonels, or in your case. Not
0: joking at all. Talking very earnestly about
1: <laughs> your dreams of being a Kentucky colonel. And we did not know how this stuff appeared. And we finally recently got an email from the colonel responsible, Colonel Zach Pencil of Kentucky, Zach is was a listener who did who uh nominated us for membership, but did not realize that we were going to hear from directly from the Commonwealth of Kentucky before he was able to fill us
0: in. Oh, so he nominated us and then went about his week and Kentucky was like we gotta we gotta rush this out to the boys. He says, yeah, in or- <laughs> this is this is top priority. Now wait, did he nominate us knowing that this was a topic we'd discussed? Yes, we okay. had
1: we had discussed it on the show. Okay. He was from Kentucky and I think was already a colonel and knew the process. He says, please know that in order to nominate you, I had to list numerous accomplishments that I felt proved each of your worth in being bestowed the honor. He doesn't say what those are. He he goes on to say, while it's possible that no nomination is ever declined. (laughs) No, I know that not to be true. (laughs) Oh, do you know people who have tried? Well, I think that there were, um, I think that. Because when we just got brochures out of nowhere, I was like, oh boy, they'll just let anybody in.
0: No, no, I think that it is a. um, You think it's a selective group? I wonder what Zach did to get in. uh, Well, that's, uh, why don't you Google him? Um, See if he invented a new kind of water purifying device for the third world. There there was there was a time several years ago where Jason Isbell, who is a Kentucky colonel, told me that he was going to nominate me to be a Kentucky colonel. And I thought that that was that that was going to be super groovy because it feels like one of those things where the person that nominates you has some that puts some imprimatur on your And
1: surely Colonel Jason Isbell has more pull
0: than a lot of your You're a random Kentucky colonel. Now, he sounded very, he's, he's, at the time, he was like, Look, man, I'm going to make this happen. You know, this is because I have, I have a lot of family in Kentucky from, from ye olden times. Now, I don't know. He never, he never wrote me and said, I, I proposed you and your uh, application was rejected because, he he made it sound like you needed to convince them that some of your work benefited the state of Kentucky specifically. It wasn't like, oh, Ken Jennings was on TV. It had to, there the had Kentucky to be Kentucky specific. Yeah. A case made. Well, they do air jeopardy in Kentucky. See, that's the thing. You kept a lot of people from dying of lack of trivia information. That's right. Which is the number four killer in <laughs> Kentucky today. <laughs> But I can't say for sure whether Jason actually submitted the application or whether he forgot it. Maybe as he travels around, his friends in every city, he promises (laughs) them all. But no, I think. Oh, sure, I'll totally make you a Kentucky Colonel. He knew that I would uh, more than uh, more than probably most people would wear the badge with pride, because I think probably when as he and I were sitting there talking, I might have been in a naval uniform. Um. But anyway, so Zach—
1: Here important. it is. Okay, so now we know— how, Okay, Zach does tell us how he got made a Kentucky colonel. Oh, good. He's uh, He's got a lot of clout himself. He was made a colonel simply for working in a building that housed another business which the governor had come to commemorate
0: the grand opening of.
1: Hmm. Or of which the governor had come to commemorate the grand opening.
0: So he was just kind of standing there. The governor walked by and like— Yeah. And, do, you, do you reach out and touch the hem <laughs> of Andy Bashir's robe? Maybe he had a little, like a letter opener that he got— he, Touched him on either shoulder? I dub the. Well, so it doesn't sound like that's as hard to do as
1: No, you and I. Wish. you and I just ever had to be in a building once. But look, we have just joined, he says, the esteemed ranks of Colonel Fred Astaire, Colonel Pope Benedict Sixteenth, Colonel Betty White, and many others, including, of course, our state demigod, Colonel Sanders. I'm just down the road mm. from the first Kentucky Fried Chicken and had hoped to send you some souvenirs from it, but unfortunately their lobby is closed. Oh boom. So COVID has kept us from having cool KFC merch. Um, but the mystery is now solved. Zach was the hero who was able to leverage his Kentucky Colonelship. Colonel C?
0: That's wonderful. Wonderful.
1: Cur- Col Dum. Colonel Dum, thank you, Zach. Uh colonialism?
0: Kentucky colonialism. Uh, it is the reason that Colonel Sanders is called Colonel Sanders. He was never in any. He was never in any branch of the. Or if he was, he didn't achieve the rank of colonel. He didn't make any uh, any of the kaisers' men extra crispy. I, th- I think. Ooh, I think at the time, being a Kentucky colonel might have been a like a more reserved honor, and so, kind of
1: old old money. Yeah, people would call kind of them,
0: "Oh, Colonel, come on." And he, he turned it into a whole thing. That's probably true of Colonel Tom Parker, too. Yeah,
1: for sure. I guess he did send us a note with some of the other stuff, and maybe through my um, uncareful real-time letter opening on the show, we did not Can see we did not see the explanatory note. <laughs> but we see it now. We see you, Colonel Zach.
0: Thank you. Entry 972.1S1704. Certificate number one zero one zero nine. Potsdam Giants.
1: For some reason, a big part of the show is us trying to think of rock musicians that were
0: tall. Oh, this was about the um, sure what uh, Fr- Frederick the Great or yeah. Well, no, g- the Potsdam Giants, a great basketball team from Wilhelm the First. I can't East remember Germany.
1: this Germany. Some yeah, <laughs> minor league uh, basketball team. Some German. Kaiser or other had a troupe of very tall men. Mm and uh,
0: Yeah, Wilhelm. Kaiser Wilhelm.
1: uh, Scotty says he loved the list of tall rock stars. However, we were just talking about the tallest member of the band, and he was more interested in bands by average height. One band I think you missed... Was the Black Crows? I don't actually miss them that much. <laughs>
0: no, I miss the Black Crows. <laughs> uh,
1: all the members of the classic lineup in the mid '90s, and I had those first two records, and then not the pubic hair one. All the members of the classic lineup were over six feet. No,
0: that's not possible. That's really? Is
1: there any? Can you think of any other band where every member is over six
0: feet? Uh, rock stars tend to not be tall, right? Because, which we've of, all, disca- because of all the
1: needle drugs.
0: Well, that and also, you know, they were made fun of as children. People that are that look good on movie screens and television and apparently rock music have big heads and small bodies, and tall people look weird. But I do now. Now that <laughs> that's I, our take on tall people. Now that I think of the Black Crows, they are all kind of gangly. I just assumed that it was because they were skinny. Yeah, they even named. Okay, this is weird. The Black Crows named their fan club
1: Taller. It's a big part of their branding, apparently, that they are the Tall Roots band. Really? Who, had, who knew? I'd, tall- like to, I'd like to join Taller. I wish I
0: were a little bit taller. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't have a song. Well, now let's see. Tallest rock band. Let's Dr- see what the internet says. Drummer Steve Gorman, once. Well,
1: if you're interested in Black Crow's height trivia, Stephen, drummer Steve Gorman said in 1997 that collectively the band was 37 feet tall and the tallest band in the world. But look, if we're going by tallest collective height— there is no way it's the Black Crows. It's going to be broken social
0: scene or oh, polyphonic sure.
1: spree. It's going to be some sure. some fourteen member combo, right?
0: Right. I guess. I guess.
1: If you're just, you can, that's why you can't do total height drummer Steve Gorman of the
0: Black Crows. So w- did we just did we talk about the tallest rock musicians? They're, yeah, we don't have to do this again. They're we, all very tall.
1: Uh, we did. We did this in, if
0: I recall, endless detail on the <laughs> Post-O-Dot Giants show. <laughs> But I want tallest. I don't want tallest rock musician. I want tallest r- rock band by average height. Ta- I guess
1: tallest. Well, let's see. Or but even then, you could have one tall, like Nirvana, like you know, well, right, Chris Novoselic's throwing off the whole
0: math. I mean, if you, Mick Fleetwood is six six, right? Yeah, but like. One
1: of the I'm guys sure in Ramstein
0: is, is five or six seven. As I said before, we are now treading <laughs> the same ground. I really like. I really like it though. It's very interesting. Who is the tallest K-pop band? Let's you find the tallest out. tallest rock. Band. well, no, like I don't shortest rock stars doesn't even seem like an interest interesting topic. I'm looking they're at a list of,
1: I'm looking at a list of K-pop bands by average height. It looks like the shortest by far is the Stray Kids five foot seven and a half on average. The tallest K-pop band by average height.
0: What? Hmm. KNK six foot seven. I don't think so. Whoa! look at this. There's a website called people living tall and people living tall appears to be just about solutions to life as a tall person. Oh, it's a lot of links to like camping chairs and exercise equipment People for things for tall people. You need a, you need different stuff. Oh, sorry, it's six foot
1: point seven inches. K N K is the tallest K pop band at an average height of six foot point seven inches. So basically, the Black Crows would take their lunch money. Still taller than you'd think for a K pop group.
0: Yeah, you know Courtney Love is five foot ten. Was she taller than Kurt? I wonder.
1: Well, us looking up rock musicians' height in real time is something we have already done, again,
0: on the show. Yeah, she was an inch taller than Kurt Cobain. I I guess I didn't... I guess now that you think about it, when you see their picture together, that makes sense. The
1: other note we got on the show was from uh, previous correspondent Rebecca. I guess on that show, you were talking about how you would like to have your own uh, army of strapping boys. Which sure. is something you would talk about in social situations, true. Sure. But you would make them wear pink and yellow. Yes. And I think I don't know why you want to um, you want to kind of reclaim masculinity, yes. or
0: is that what is that the idea? So the other day uh, on Halloween, uh, I was here at the local uh, performance of Michael Jackson's Thriller, which now is a Halloween tradition globally. Groups of uh, dozens or hundreds of people get together to to redo the dance of Michael Jackson's thrill and then it's all I didn't know this. stitched together into a video around the world, people in Australia, people in, in Africa, you know, dancing the, the steps. And I was at the local performance, and the chief of police of Normandy Park, Washington, where I live, where we record our show, uh, his – Patches on his otherwise black-looking commando police outfit, like they all wear now, his patches were all Normandy Park Police Department, but pink instead of the usual dark blue to black. And Ameri- Is this some Justice Department order to, no, uh, to feminize the, the bad-behaving police of King County? It should be. I mean, Amer- American cops have decided somewhere along the line that they are all— Like black force paramilitary cobra commandos. And I think it's ludicrous because most police are just doing police stuff, which is dealing with the public. They should be walking
1: down the street, whistling, twirling a little club that they don't hit anybody with. Exactly. And saying top
0: of the morning to ye. Thank you. So, like, for instance, the uh, chief constable in the movie uh, Young Frankenstein, you know, he's wearing a big Germanic hat with a big feather in the top. I, at epaulets, I feel like police should be wearing pink and yellow, big elaborate outfits, large hats with feathers, because what you want is first and foremost to, to represent the city government as a ambassador, right? <laughs> uh, giving, uh, giving <laughs> directions to tourists and, and getting cats out of trees and so forth. Although that's the fire department who also should have big feathers in their hats.
1: It's a little a little tricky, but you don't want to. You don't want to go through a burning doorway with a big
0: tall feather ostrich <laughs> maybe, feather? In maybe your not. Hat. You take the hat off. I mean, in, you know, we, we learned the Germans learned don't have a big fancy silver helmet when you go into war. Right, you're going to cover it with some burlap. But also, I just feel like we the police should be should not be communicating that they are at war. They should be communicating that they are at peace. Yeah, they they represent us. They are not the enemy of us. Yeah, and so I said to the chief of police, "Hey, you there, you there, uh, boy, <laughs> what <day> is this? <laughs> is, it's is Halloween. That, is that turkey still in the window?" And and uh, he came over and he was like, "I'm the chief of police. You know, don't call me boy." And I was like, "Well, Mister Mister Chief of Police, why is your why are why is all your patchwork pink?" And he said something like, "Once a year for breast cancer awareness, we change all our patches." And I was like, "Those are my tax dollars, first of all." But second of all, I was like, "Listen, sir, I believe in pink as a police color. Pink and pink and yellow. I believe that police should be dressed in Easter egg color." What did he think about your well, notion? He was a he's a congenial small town uh, police sh- chief. And he was like, "Well, that's a heck of an idea, citizen. You know, I'll I'll take it under advisement." And then he walked over to his completely blacked out, murdered out uh, guys with Punisher skulls you know, on yeah, their hoods, d- Dodge like commando vehicle, and all of his shaved headed uh, officers. But I but I believe I got that idea in there. I think he heard me. What if they change the the
1: um, <laughs> the awful police flag to like like one pink stripe?
0: Oh, an American flag, but then a pink stripe in the middle? with the blue line. That's going to confuse matters.
1: The reason why we got this note from Rebecca is she says, I am obligated to remind John the world already has a pink and yellow army with a drill team. Go on. The marching band from Beyonce's 2018 videos, (laughs) Homecoming. Uh Uh-huh. Those uniforms are truly the best uniforms to have ever been designed for combat, so don't say billionaires never gave you anything. So there is at least one billionaire outfitting... A a drill team in pink and yellow uniforms, but it's Beyonce in the Homecoming video. And, I mean, in my opinion, that's why you can't tax the rich. Right. If Beyonce had to pay an actual fair income tax, I mean, it would crush me personally. Right. But also, she wouldn't have the, uh, the wherewithal to... To set up her own pink and yellow drill team. Well, I'm are you have at, you, fa- I'm have you found at the the, picture. Does it look like? Is that what you have in mind for the cop of tomorrow? Uh,
0: there's a lot more yellow and a lot less pink than I would like. Mm. But I do see their, you know, their, mm. their their home and away outfits are are different. Um, but I mean, they're a very sexy drill team, and I'm not against that. I wouldn't be against sexy cops. Uh, but yeah, I just I feel like there needs to be more Austro-Hungary in it. You know, I, but then I'm a big fan of, of don't you feel Imperial like ce- Austria. But you feel
1: like Central Europe has kind of like the the idea of Central Europe and policing was kind of
0: ruined by mm. Gestapo. There was
1: that whole unpleasantness. But see,
0: how did they dress? I know. I know. Black I know. outfits with punisher skulls on you them. You want to reclaim
1: like uh pre-World War 1 Vienna. I do. You want a policeman who's like maybe eating a big piece of Soccer torch. Soccer torch. Or an well, elaborate then, pastry. And he's getting uniform, cream on his nose.
0: If your uniform doesn't have an ostrich feather somewhere on it, then it's too paramilitary. No donuts for cops anymore. Big, big, uh Danish. Big torts and, and they should and their
1: baby clubs should, have, should be striped. Everything should have whipped cream on it and it should get on the officer's nose and he should go.
0: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Entry 173.IS2502, certificate number 34924, the Cahokia Mounds. The remains of a great uh, city built by
1: indigenous people on the banks of the Mississippi.
0: What we assume was a, a, a great city built by indigenous people could be a UFO could. landing site built by UFOs.
1: Why are you trying to take this away from the indigenous just, people? Haven't I'm, they suffered enough? I'm just saying all the, their best achievements. You're now going to give to the aliens <laughs> who may or may not exist. The record is the record. The historical record is ambiguous because of the amazing, you know, surprising technological technological achievement of uh, of these this period and this people. UFOs. Uh, you <laughs> when you were talking about UFOs, you compared it to Wakanda, right? The uh, African uh, Afrofuturist Paradise from Marvel Comics. And we got several notes, including one from Dave, noting that there actually is a city in Illinois called Wakanda. W A U C O N Wakanda. And it's not that close to Cahokia. I looked this up and it's not actually that far south,
0: right? It's- and that is a Native American name? I wonder what the origin Wakanda?
1: of Wakanda is. So Dave sent me a link. He's like, you need to check this out. And he sent me an article about uh, from the time the Black Panther movie came out and how the local municipality of Wakanda was getting annoyed at the crank calls.
0: <laughs> is it, is that, is that city hidden under a, a, a dome of invisibility? <laughs> uh, the name actually
1: comes from... No, oh, it's a Chicago suburb. It's actually pretty far north. Oh, I don't know what the origin of the name is.
0: <laughs> they were getting pranked.
1: They were, yeah, they were getting. Um, the town hall kept getting phone calls with somebody asking where the vibranium is at, or shouting "Wakanda forever!" at the receptionist, and then hanging up. Is your refrigerator running? But the town has actually um, embraced it now because they think they can get tourism out of it. So if you had gone to their Facebook page a year and a half ago or whatever, you would have seen a picture of the mayor and all the local dignitaries wearing Black Panther masks and doing the well. Hopefully, they're salute. not. Hopefully, it's not a white suburb. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Are the oh Wakanda was given its name by a local schoolmaster who saw this is terrible. Who saw the word Wakanda meaning great spirit in a James Fenimore Cooper novel? So it's fake Indian lore by way of uh, the leather stocking tales, <laughs> um, and it's a fa- so maybe a possibly spurious Native American word for God. But the funny part is, Dave sends me this link to this story about Wakanda, Illinois. And I replied, "That C N Traveler article is fantastic. Who wrote it? Dave had not noticed he was sending me an article that I had written.
0: Whoa! In, uh, in two
1: thousand eighteen, to uh, because I was you know I just did a series for C N Traveler about odd geographic oddities, including places with weird names.
0: Well, I'm, I'm looking very quickly here, are you looking
1: at the demographic breakdown of Wakanda, Illinois?
0: Well, no, I just Sense- there's a picture senses? of the Wakanda." dot uh, wakanda slash ill dot gov uh city leaders all of whom are white middle-aged people and then there is a picture of a wakanda police officer wearing a mask from the movie and he is uh, white with uh, uh a triple chin
1: U.S. Census has the data, 90.2% white in Wakanda, 0.4% African-American.
0: Yeah, it's, I see. I'm looking at a picture with all of the police in Wakanda. They are all white. So, that's a little the, confusing. The chase scene in
1: Blues Brothers has some Wakanda in
0: it. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, I now I see a picture of all of the people in the village of Wakanda wearing masks from the Black Panther movie. And they are all white people. In 2005,
1: they set a record for most people in a snowball fight. Over 3,000 Wakandans had a snowball
0: fight. See, now that seems like a thing that white people can do without at all being problematic. Oh, Wakanda is where uh, El- El- Elwood Blues and uh, Jake Blues are driving around with that giant speaker on top of the Bluesmobile. And they drive past that that beach, that you know, 1970s, like, Lakefront Beach, where they're like, right. where Elwood's like, you there in the bathing suit, come to the Blues Brothers. That's Wakanda, Illinois.
1: I, in that show, I had mentioned that I'd just been in Southern Illinois, and we got a note from Mindy from Peoria, who has spent many years in Southern Illinois and uh, wanted to make sure we didn't miss all the other sites. You can go to <laughs> Monk's Mound and get a picture with the St. Louis skyline in the background. Cool. Um, if you go to Kaskaskia, Illinois, that is the one part of Illinois west of the Mississippi, which I assume is a right. Is that a river changing course? Must be. There's a uh, you, there's a, a bell given to settlers by Louis XV in 1741. I don't know what you had to do in 1741 to get a bell from Louis the <laughs> Fifteenth to sell a lot of grit magazine or something. There's also a Popeye Museum and stat and statue in Chester, Illinois, which I assume is spinach farming. And you can go to Metropolis, Illinois, where they have, of course, a Superman statue.
0: Oh, right, that makes sense. Uh, so there, Metropolis. you go. Th- there are some tips. You know uh, the Mark Twain's uh, Mark Twain's famous party house. He's pretty famous for for his partying. It's just right up right up the river there, and also Nauvoo. We talked about Nauvoo being there. We did right. It but- was the biggest city in Illinois at the time. What is, uh, where where was that, what, what, what place? I went to some Mark Twain town, Hannibal probably. That's in Missouri, right? That's yeah, but the just river. across the river.
1: Why is Kaskaskia west of the Mississippi?
0: What's it called? Kaskaskia? Oh yeah, it, it was exactly. The river changed direction. Yeah,
1: there, there was um, deforestation due to steamboat fuel led to the river shifting eastward to a new channel, but in Illinois kept the same boundary, so which means the there's a little exclave of Illinois across the river there.
0: I wonder if it's a place where tax exiles go.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> the Rolling Stones recorded exile on Main Street there. Uh Dave noted I think we talked about this because Dave sent us a fruitcake. He wanted to complain of he, he wanted to complain that you were putting down Trappist beers.
0: Oh yeah. Because I probably he, was because he
1: thinks there are some uh, delicious ones. I bet he does. And he sent us the fruit cake, which we have not yet eaten. So the best part of this was um, I got a note from Joshua. I was talking about how I drove by all these weird uh, lakes while I was there, you know, that it kind of seemed like some kind of wetlands or bottomlands. I guess it's called America's bottom or something like mm. that. The American bottom. Oh, yeah. And we've all spent a long time thinking about the American bottom. And I described the weird lakes I drove through, and he sent me a, a GPS or a you know a Google Earth picture saying, uh, "You probably saw man-made uh, lakes that were, um, were the result of Army Corps of Engineers dam projects trying to drain the the ball in the '50s through '80s." And I looked. I finally found the place on Google Earth where I was, and I sent it to Joshua, being like, "This is where I was. It's." Crazy! This is a podcast, so I can't show the listeners, but I can show you. Like, look what's going on! What
0: there. are you kidding me? And as I was driving through that, I was like, "What are these weird rib cages of?" It does. It of looks, water. It looks like. Um, it looks like something paleontological. Joshua
1: then sent this to Dr. Douglas Faulkner, a professor of geography at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. I guess he has geography world contacts. I'm super into this. And uh, Dr. Faulkner says. Those lakes are truly weird. My first thought was that they're anthropogenic, okay. man-made. A Google search confirms they are indeed. They are flooded parts of surface coal mines. So if you actually, you know, do coal mining by digging a big hole, yeah, then later you fill them in and you get crazy. You get crazy coal holes, coal
0: coal ponds, like Thank that. Thank you, Doctor Doctor Faulkner. Doctor Faulkner. Dr. Faulkner. <sighs> Entry 1029.AC1616. Certificate number 27324.
1: Ramtha. You're not going to like this, but multiple people oh wrote in to uh, correct your pronunciation.
0: Of Ramtha? <laughs> no. how, many, how many ways can
1: you pronounce it? <laughs>
0: there are no ancient
1: Lemurians hmm. around who still know how to say Ramtha. Oh, but what did I say wrong?
0: Um, Zoroaster. The Z-
1: Zoroastria? The uh, connection to Devo led you to say "boogie boy," boogie boy, B O O J I. However, canonically to Devo fans, that word, despite the J, is pronounced "boogie, boogie boy. boy."
0: Well, so I knew that, but I mean, in the eighties, we all said "boogie boy," but I always assumed. That it was a misnomer because I think it was once you got older, got
1: a little, got a got a got some money, got a four hundred one k. You yeah. were like, I'm
0: going to start saying bougie boy. Yeah, now. it's bougie because you know there was always a subtext uh, with Devo, and I just I don't know I don't know why I knew it was boogie boy.
1: The uh, the story I guess is that the band was using a letter kit to spell out the name, and they ran out of the, enough letters. But that means uh, apparently in Rachel's telling they just spelled it boogie boy without the e and then as a result a later mutation turned it into boogie boy. I don't know why you would pronounce that boogie boy but
0: she also says But it isn't boogie boy, it's boogie it's boy. It's boogie boy. Um I you know, I knew that I knew that our show had a bunch of Devo fans listening, and I count myself among them. Let's activate the Devo fans. Devo fans tonight. Turn, turn on
1: your uh what do they call them? Turn on your energy code. Energy domes. Energy domes. Um, it immediately
0: began to devolve. <laughs> devolve to the point devolve that you don't, three. you don't send me angry emails. <laughs>
1: Uh, We mentioned Devo on that episode, and Rachel thought it was interesting because Devo does not have any connection to Ramtha and and ancient Lemuria, but there is another jokey New Wave act that does. Do you know anything about Barnes and Barnes? No. So I had heard their greatest hit, and I'm sure you have too. They are responsible for the Dr. Demento hit, Fish Heads. Oh,
0: sure.
1: Roly-poly Fish Heads. So Barnes & Barnes gave us Roly-poly Fish Heads. And I guess the band has this their own mythology about how they are members of an ancient civilization called Lumania, which mm-hmm. is clearly a, a sunken continent a la Lemuria. What I didn't know about the Fish Heads duo is that they are actually—one uh, of them is actually— Billy Moomy, I think I'm saying that right. Who was the kid <laughs> on Lost in Space and The Twilight Zone, where he wishes people away to the cornfield? Interdasting. He is half of Barnes and Barnes, who gave us fishes. And the weird thing is, I knew he was kind of a nerd music guy. Like I was like, yeah, I think he was in a, I think he was in a band with other Babylon Five cast members and
0: right. maybe other Marvel comics staff. Writers or editors, how did he/how did he/slash/they never appear on the Joko cruise? Which seems like that's true, it's just been going through all the old nerds. It's an overlap of
1: bad TV sci-fi yeah. and uh, like w- and weirdly
0: it, bad music
1: and novelty music. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's like you don't have to invite Will Wheaton and Jonathan Colton anymore, right? You could just have one guy, yeah, you could
0: just invite Billy Mooney. <laughs> Mummy? Well, you're gonna get a bunch of letters now, or I hope you get a bunch of letters to to The problem is as, a, as a kid, letters. Bill
1: didn't have enough letter set letters to spell mummy. Right. So he had to say Mummy. I don't know. Please tell us how to say the Lost in Space kid's name. I'm dying to know.
0: Entry 1098.lk0506. Certificate number 50920. Salmon Chaos. About people changing their names in Taiwan to get free sushi
1: mm-hmm. recently. Um, given the comments on Facebook, I thought we were going to have more stories about difficult m- bureaucratic name changes. Right,
0: because we speculated – I thought it, it was harder to change your name than it is, but then a lot of people chimed in saying, I had a really hard time changing my
1: name. I think I overstated how easy it was I just see. because, like, the if you look at state laws – America is pretty much like uh, laissez-faire when it comes to uh, name changes. And my only firsthand experience was Mindy changing her name when we got married, which was seriously like a phone call and a forum. Like, it was super easy. But we heard anecdotally, oh, they're going to hear about this. It's, you know, it's it's not an easy part of a name change, whether that's marriage or uh, a transition or, you know, any other reason. Right.
0: If you want to change your name to... um the public universal friend. <laughs> That's a good
1: <laughs> good call forward to an episode that won't air till January, but okay. Uh, the But the only responses we got were I guess we did get one person who tried to name, who was it? Joshua, tried to name a daughter Zoe in Wisconsin and tried to put the two dots, the French uh, trema
0: over the E seems pretty easy to do. I mean,
1: you but, see that all the time.
0: But they didn't have the font in their in their on their Apple IIE. It's,
1: it's not just the font like as I mean it may be a result of having ASCII machines, but yeah, the the law in the state of Wisconsin is still no um, No diacritics at all.
0: Whoa. Yeah. What? So How you, do you have a
1: Spanish name? Beyonce could not have been born in Wisconsin. Well, that's insane. It's Insane and maybe borderline racist. Um, But yeah, Joshua confirmed with the Wisconsin Department of Vital Services uh, earlier this month that the policy when they named their daughter in 2010 was still the same. And he says, yes, these are the enumeration of birth guidelines from the social security organization. All you get are A to Z, apostrophe,
0: hyphen, and space. So can can you work out? I mean, I could understand... Not uh, naming it, your NB, child.
1: re does not get the period? No.
0: I mean, well, uh, isn't a period in
1: there? No.
0: If you named your son Operation Mind Crime, could you put the uh, the <laughs> the
1: colon in there? It looks like, I mean, to me, this is a little racist. You get the apostrophe that the Irish need. You get the hyphen that, like, um, moneyed aristocracy needs. Right. But like any other language, you know, you don't get the exclamation point for a, a glottal stop in...
0: In Native American language,
1: yeah, or or yeah, the the upside down question mark. For I was thinking of Africa, but yeah, you've got the Native American alphabets. You don't have the period that India Re needs,
0: but it, you don't d- have the, it just seems like you should be able to put an gu on a, yeah. on a vowel where that's how it's done in its language. Get Unicode,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's also French and Spanish and yeah. all of the above. Um, but that was really the only note we got about. Name change bureaucracy, which I am prepared to believe is a nightmare.
0: How do you feel about names that include emoticons? Is that a thing? Well, I bet. Somebody's (laughs) tried to name their child like Operation Colon Mind Crime Smiley Face. I just want to use
1: an emoticon that no one has used in a name yet. You know, like one of the weirder ones. The vase or Uh or the flag of... uh, Uzbekistan or something.
0: I want my name to just be that emoticon of the kind of white-bearded professorial uh, male figure holding up one hand, like, waving. How is it pronounced? Uh, Mansplain. John Roderick. (laughs) (laughs) It's pronounced John Roderick, but it's spelled like,
1: white guy doing this. Uh, We did get a few notes about... um, People with goofy names. Everyone was surprised we did not mention Good Space Guy. Yeah, local uh, good perennial, good Space Guy. perennial Seattle candidate.
0: I, you know, when I was running bot. for uh, city council, Good Space Guy was in the race for a little bit. Did you guys really, ever have a debate with him? Uh, he was on a debate where I was there, but he didn't. He, I think, he felt um, common cause with me. Like at one point, he winked Why? at
1: me. Did you both have a, a, a scruffy
0: beard? <laughs> no, he just felt like, you're not my problem. Like, I'm oh, I'm, I'm tilting at windmills over here, and you're not a windmill.
1: Um, but speaking of Washington state politics and name changes, we got a note from Dave. This is the Trappist beer Dave again, about a story I had not heard, which I guess means that there are 10 crazy eastern Washington politics stories for every one that actually makes it over <laughs> the Cascades to us.
0: <laughs> we need to read the spokesman review.
1: I guess the sheriff of Spokane County has long been – one Ozzy Konezovich. Ozzy Konezovich. I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, from what I've read of him on his social media platform, I don't really care if I mispronounce
0: his name. He doesn't seem great. Um, he's the county sheriff, not a Spok- Spokane City cop. Correct. Um, but in. Have you spent
1: any time in Spokane County? It's exactly what you would expect the sheriff of Spokane <laughs> County to be. This did not surprise me. Uh, and he's, sometimes he runs unopposed. You know, he's been in office forever and a day. He, he's in his fifth or term or something, but in 2018, um, the, the Scott McClay, an independent candidate running against him, wanted Ozzy Konezovich out so badly that he registered the domain dumpozzy.com and then legally changed his name to dumpozzy.com. Okay. Does this help your cause? I if, don't if, think so. If one can either vote for Ozzy or the URL of his opponent? <laughs>
0: I don't think so. Like I want
1: to vote for you, but your name is different than your URL, so I don't know what you stand for, man. I, w- I was I was rooting for him,
0: but dumpozzy dot Dump-Ozzy d- d- dot com. uk. Oh, dot,
1: <laughs> d- <laughs> he got the dot com of dumpozzy, <laughs> okay. so it's not dot com, dot, dot biz. Is it o z z y or o z z i e i e? Hmm. So dumpozzy, you would have to you know. Get it back from Sharon Osborne or
0: uh, well, Harriet oh, Nelson No, I bet. I bet it's owned by uh, Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: McClay was, um, you know, even though I'm sure you and I would like to see fewer county sheriffs like Ozzy uh McClay was not a good replacement. No. He had a lifetime of... Uh,
0: <laughs> Felony of, charges.
1: <laughs> yeah. Firing his pistol at vehicles. Oh, dear. Four bankruptcy filings, lost mm. his Idaho real estate license for pestering clients. Think what you have to do to lose your Idaho real estate license. Boy,
0: <laughs> I'm um, just trying to think of how that went to court in Idaho.
1: Arrested for showing up at a 15-year-old kid's memorial service, hoping to spark a confrontation. I don't even want to know what that is about. It feels like a little bit of uh, Westboro Baptist Church. It does. But lest we speak too ill of this of novelty candidate, who I call <laughs> DumpOzzy.com, he actually never made it to the election because he died in a motorcycle crash. Um, yeah, shortly before the election. So
0: we'll never I know. Guess. We'll never know if he could have dumped Ozzy.
1: He was riding a motorcycle, helmetless. Yeah. Um, I mean, this. Even though this guy hates Ozzy Knezevic, he is also the guy who wrote a Facebook post calling for the twenty-four hour monitoring of the. Um, Islamic Center in Spokane. Sure. Saying that Spokane County's only real problem is Islam.
0: Right, would, terrorism.
1: Which I would not have put in the top ten list of problems of Spokane <laughs> County. I mean, whatever else you could say about... I mean, they, they figured out the,
0: the clean drinking extremism. water thing a few years ago. Uh, but yeah, I don't... I I mean, there is a there is a, a prominent and um, lovely Islamic community community there. Well, not to dump I, I The more I get into
1: this story, I'm really... Feeling like it's an omnibus episode that we— Maybe. We should— <laughs> Interviews and court records spanning decades describe him as a con man, cyberstalker, cyber and bully huh? who liked to cheat and pull out his gun in public. Oh, dear. He was the self-appointed president of the Rattlesnakes Motorcycle Club. Yep. Claimed he had helped bring down the Aryan Nations, had volunteered on the hmm. sheriff's dive team,
0: uh-huh. and had once
1: turned down a job offer from the CIA. These are all things he
0: claimed. Yeah, I doubt, I doubt that last one the so, other one's i i kind of believe
1: i hope his tombstone does not say dumpauzi.com i doubt Just from one ill advised local government run
0: so the the rattlesnakes uh motorcycle club has a uh has a facebook page he should have changed his name to the url of his of that facebook page it um it has a picture its cover photo is a picture of a rattlesnake uh, that was put up in June June 29th in 2015. He would have still been alive. And um, I believe that this might be, it says here that uh, Rattlesnakes Motorcycle Club studied at Spokane Community College, and it only has two pictures. Is this him? I, it must be. It says about here. Let's see. He looks kind of like you'd expect. No, there's not. It says nothing. Oh, but Wait. Uh, the Rattlesnakes Motorcycle Club uh, fe- lists two bands that it loves: Leonard Skinnerd, misspelled, misspelled. <laughs> as the name maybe Leonard. maybe,
1: maybe they, that's Spokane's premier Leonard Skinnerd covered band. It's called
0: Leonard Skinnerd. There is no Leonard Skinnerd. <laughs> and then uh, also loves the music of Sting. Huh. Leonard Skinnerd and Sting. So he likes to chill after yeah.
1: he's his motorcycle's polished in the garage.
0: Yeah, he He has to turn on some loot music. He's liked uh, Bikers Against Bullies, and then a bunch of other motorcycle groups, Bikers for Christ, and then uh, uh, Neil Young and a hair salon on Sixth Avenue in Spokane. Well, look, let this be a warning to other novelty (laughs) candidates. Please wear your helmet. Oh, wait, there's another Rattlesnakes Motorcycle Club group, this one more active. Their most recent post is in 2018. I don't care.
1: Just tell me what bands they like, John, please.
0: <laughs> I'm getting, it says, oh, Justice for Ryan. That doesn't bode well. Let's see, what bands do they like? Come on, no. Police accountability forum. I don't I don't see this one doesn't have any bands.
1: Speaking of Washington State uh novelty name changes. Matthew wrote us to mention someone you may know, John. He says he's a fixture of the Seattle music scene. Do you know or have you heard of Ernie Guitar Bailey? Ernie Guitar Bailey. Apparently, he was a musician who did not have a middle name, so he legally added one, and his driver's license now says Ernie Guitar Bailey.
0: I don't know Ernie Guitar Bailey, uh, but it says here that he worked as a guitar tech for uh, Nirvana and Brandy Carlisle so I'm wow, sure the, I've had that's the alpha and Omega of uh, of Seattle music I'm sure I've I, I've uh, I've been close by him because Brandy Carlisle and I both uh, had relationships with the Gibson company and so I'm sure that he and I have stood Close to one another, but I've never met him. Have you thought of changing your name to John Guitar Roderick? Guitar! No, because I I, I am not good enough at guitar to identify as guitar.
1: <laughs> you don't identify as guitar. We had one other note about this episode from Steven. and you're not going to like this either because it's, again, about the way you say something. None of this has anything to do with salmon. It does not. This has less to do with salmon than anything else because he is complaining about one of the ad reads in that, that show.
0: Oh, okay. What did he th- I say? He
1: thinks that too often when you say go to hellotushy.com, it sounds like you're saying, go to hell, oh tushy. Go to hello oh, tushy. Go to hell, oh tushy. I well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna he contradict him. He suggests that maybe we should use an alternate verb like
0: visit view or see helloTushy.com. See, view helloTushy.com. Pay a visit to there it is. Pay a visit to
1: hellotushy.com. Now, so how would you say go to hellotushy.com? Go to
0: hellotushy.com. You're not pausing after the hell. You're go not- to hellotushy.com. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't see. I feel like it may be a thing that, uh, that got stuck in his ear at some point and now he can't unhear it.
1: This happens to me with words of a certain, I think I've said this before, rhythm pattern. Hmm. T- tone and timbre, by any chance? <laughs> to the degree. Again, call back to an episode <laughs> that hasn't aired. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'll even, um, like, if I hear any, like, three-syllable phrase that you could say to the words low rider. Oh, sure. I will start doing that in my head. Or a Rattle,
0: snake, motorcycle club. No, it's got to be three <laughs> syllables.
1: Or even a two-syllable word you can say to the tune of brick house. Right. I will do that in my head.
0: DumpOzzy dot com.
1: <laughs> what song would you sing DumpOzzy dot com to?
0: Um,
1: People do this uh, online with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Have boots like uh, like uh, like uh, whatever would that be? Dactylic tetrameter. Okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right you know people will oh, hear, I see. people hear will hear thing. an eight syllable phrase with that rhythm as as to the tune of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song.
0: I don't know the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song so I can't. You're an elderly really You're that. an
1: elder Gen Xer.
0: Yeah, I I do I do do that. I'm just trying to think of You guys
1: didn't even think pizza was cool.
0: I do. It like all my time.
1: generation knew that pizza was a fun party food thanks to the turtles. Oh,
0: no, not us. You thought
1: pizza was what old Italian men ate. You yeah. guys ate corn dogs.
0: Hamburgers, corn dogs, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> candied apples. Do and think, popcorn. Do, do you think there actually is some Gen
1: X break where pizza was not the cool food, and then it was? So Shakey's
0: <laughs> was never cool. was the food was the way you were introduced to pizza when I was a kid. Shakey's pizza. The,
1: by the time I was a kid, you knew that a pizza party was a cool thing to interrupt the school day or a cool the coolest part of any sleepover.
0: Right. I think is this that, a post Chuck E. Cheese discovery? No, I think that that was true the, uh, for they, me too. Maybe Little League created that. Uh, well, Little League definitely – so Shakey's was founded in 1954. In Sicily, Italy, <laughs> by the mob. In Sacto, California. That, I can see that for sure. <laughs> so I think for sure we had – well, we went to Pizza and Pipes for like after soccer games. I think I feel like
1: we've already had enough Pizza and Pipes discourse on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we have talked about Pizza and Pipes more than once on the omnibus. I mean, it was a very... Expensive. Are we going to start talking about Farrell's again?
0: <laughs> also, probably Farrell's is from Sacto, California.
1: So basically, uh, you think it's this listener's... Stephen is hearing a hell, go to hell, O-Tushy, oh, where none exists. Or or is O-Tushy an Irish,
0: Yiddish yeah. enemy of yours? O-Tushy. Uh, Ot- 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 O-Tushy. Milo O-Tushy. Yeah, it's a it's a Japanese family oh, that I've been at war with since the since the forties, the Otushis. Well, speaking of which, well, but I don't feel that way about Hello Tushi. I support their every endeavor, I, everything they do.
1: I everything mean, as do. long as that is getting people's bums clean, I celebrate if later their co- If it later comes out that they're doing something else, oh, retroactively, right? Uh, I'm uh, n- neutral on that.
0: Yeah, if they're wearing Wakanda masks at Hello uh, in, their, in their boardroom. I'm, uh, but they're not. I can't say that for sure.
1: We know for sure they do one thing, which is get people's clean bottoms. behinds nice and clean. That's right. And even when they're not sponsoring the show at all, this is free placement for them. Oh, right. We still, we, uh,
0: we love that. We love I clean never, bottoms. I, I don't want them to go to hell. I, I don't want anyone to go to hell. I love clean butts and I cannot lie. Yep. Put them on the glass. Entry 032.1K0728. Certificate number 36360. The All-Americans Go to Japan.
1: Part of this story was a, uh, of uh, baseball all-stars barnstorming through Japan before World War II as kind of a peace mission, uh, was a failed assassination attempt by right-wingers on a Japanese newspaper editor carried out with a samurai sword. And as you and I both pointed out, that's really... Not the way you want to do a successful assassination.
0: It does. It does seem like there are better ways where you could do an assassination from a distance. Sure, that's what you want.
1: Right. You want a knoll. Yeah. You want some grass on the knoll. Yeah.
0: You want to get far away from it so that you can disavow it later and say, "No, it wasn't me. It was a. Uh, it, was it was the umbra- CIA it was and Man. Cubans. Yeah. Uh,
1: but a listener named James." Wrote in to tell us about the assassination of Inejiro Asanuma, sure, um, a fairly beloved Japanese pop uh, politician, uh, member of the Japan Socialist Party, um, but you know, liked across the aisle, but by virtue of him being a left winger, really came under the scrutiny of um, far right groups in Japan. And at one point during a televised political debate in 1960, a 17-year-old ultranationalist mm. charged the stage at a Tokyo hall and ran a wakizashi, uh, a, I believe that's what's the, that's the shorter, shorter of, of the, the two, two Japanese. The Harry Carey so, one. Uh, Through the right side of Asanuma's ribcage, killing him on... Live TV, or no, it was not on live TV, but killing him on video recorded TV. Holy cats. And I guess the Japanese character of the time was not above re showing that tape. So they saw that on endless instant replay. This beats the caning of of Charles Sumner. (laughs) Well, there's no videotape (laughs) of the caning of Charles Sumner. If they did, that would be a record. And if even if there was, it would be all sped up, funny, like yeah.
0: like Ty Cobb or something. <laughs> you know, now that I say it out loud, I think I should do an omnibus on the caning of Charles Sumner. I think we should. All right. Um, so maybe, anyway, there maybe ha- it'll maybe it'll come out before this somehow, <laughs>
1: <laughs> making up for all your other time crimes. <laughs> so there was a successful Japanese far right assassination, interesting, by samurai sword, and I guess we should we should change our tune. It apparently. Is an unfortunately very uh, effective way to kill socialists.
0: Do you mean change our tune from Yakety Sacks or to Yakety Sacks? <laughs> you should never turn off Yakety Sacks while it's playing. Entry 428.1C1533, certificate number 47957, Eternal September. I mentioned that I
1: had been on Usenet in the early 90s Mm -hmm. in order to register my opinions on the latest episode of Mm X-Files as soon as Fox aired it, or the new Toad the Wet Sprocket record the Mm -hmm. second it came out. You were a noob. (laughs) And a listener named David says, after a little digging, I was able to find the archive of at least some of Ken's old Usenet posts. I was also on Usenet in the early 90s. It doesn't seem we frequented the same forums. It looks like he did not actually find my earliest posts from the early 90s. But he did find some mid-90s posts by someone with my name.
0: Yeah. But the funny thing You're is... You're disavowing
1: them? Well, most of them appear to be my dad. Oh! I'm looking through the list
0: of um, of the... <laughs> just. I haven't looked at them, but look at the... Chevy, uh, 57 Chevy Restoration Forum? It's
1: all about electronic music, which was my oh. dad was... If you were in alt.music.mods in the mid-90s or... You know, (laughs) (laughs) comp.sys.midi.soundcard.music. Just just so anybody wonders, I was not the one posting heavily
0: in... (laughs) Roland Juno 106.
1: Yeah, about Casios in the mid-90s or uh, in alt-fan Heinlein. This is also
0: uh, my
1: dad posting on the works of of libertarian science fiction writer Robert Heinlein. Um, So do not assume that anything said online with my name is me... Wow. Um, it's often some Ken of them Jennings are embarrassing and close relatives some of them are just nobody
0: I should say that on uh, on the message board associated with my Patreon page that's on a, a message board or a forum um a facilitator called uh, discourse very different from discord uh there was a lively threat of people who listened to the show uh describing their Usenet history and it got down into the weeds pretty fast as people were like, oh, yeah, I was on there posting in probably talking to your dad on, you know, <laughs> on some, uh, some MIDI forum. And it was, it was amazing to me having been alive during all that period. I was of the age I could have been there, but it was like a, it was like a subculture. I knew I had no connection to that subculture really except as a looky-loo. Right. But I had no idea how profoundly outside of it I really was.
1: Well, you missed your chance. You could have been...
0: Yeah, now where would I be now? You, I'd, you'd be a... I'd be a Bitcoin billionaire. You'd be
1: a Devo fan. Mm. You'd be correcting people saying Boogie Boy mm.
0: wrong. Mm. Entry 283.ZP0206. Certificate number 45989. Cottage Core. It's a bit of a spoiler. Um, bit of a spoiler for an episode that aired in <laughs> 2020? Oh, um, it's almost, it's, it's, uh, it's a, a year ago exactly. It's a bit of a spoiler for a derivative
1: work of that episode. Um, last year, a listener named Dave asked me via email, what episode do I think would make the best crossword puzzle theme? Which omnibus would make the best crossword puzzle theme? Now uh okay. like you I had not given this any thought. None. None whatsoever. Um
0: and I wasn't even really aware that crossword puzzles had themes oh, per se. No
1: you did. I guess so. They have longer entries that all
0: are all like Yeah.
1: These are they added the letter G, and now this is a funny
0: wordplay thing. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I mean, I I, I do sometimes – those ones, right, are obvious. The ones that – the New York, the, the Will Shorts ones that have a joke in them. Yeah. But I've been doing a bunch of New Yorker crosswords, and they are – they have no – chaos? No, there's no jokes in them. There's – I mean, every once in a while, you're like, are they intentionally using words that have the letter Z in them? And then it, then it becomes obvious, like, no, one – word had a Z, so they had to find another word that had a Z. But uh but yeah, I've uh, because I've been doing crosswords on the New Yorker, I uh I've lost that I don't have the memory of how fun they used to be. Well they're just they're just slogs. For now.
1: for most yeah well don't do those. All right. For most of the week a typical newspaper crossword will have a few longer entries that all have something in
0: common. Right. And once you get the 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 conceit, yeah. then you can kind of fill in the other ones Pretty pretty fast, right? Yeah.
1: And I spent my typical 30 seconds thinking about this, and I suggested to him uh, a crossword puzzle theme based on Cottagecore. Why? I think because he wrote this in December, and that episode had just come out. Oh, all right. (laughs) Right on. And let's see. He had a few ideas of his own. He said you could do one about disco demolition where um, the theme (laughs) entries are Disco bands that have been demolished by messing up the letters somehow, you know, anagrams or whatever. Um, so he, he
0: wrote and asked for a suggestion, and then he, then he ignored your suggestion.
1: No. In fact, he did compose a crossword themed around my cottagecore theme idea and sent it to Will Shorts at the New York Times. And guess what happened? What? He was rejected.
0: Like <laughs> most... Like most... Theme entries now. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that that the crosswords that appear in the New York Times are being designed and built by by amateurs? Well, they're not amateurs. Well, they're but they're
1: not. Will Shortz does not write the puzzles personally. He is the editor. Yeah. Uh, a, 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 His name's a, on all the books. Na- that's right. A nation full of hundreds of. Of uh, freelancers sends in crosswords. I wonder what the rejection
0: ratio is. I think it's very high. Well, because I did a crossword the other day that I felt like the uh, the person who wrote the crossword should be tarred and feathered, like like put in a put in a stock in a public square. And what were his offenses? Uh, it or was her? A, it was a her, and I just felt like. The whole thing just was just a bad vibe it was just a f- very yeah it was just a <laughs> it was a, a frustrating mess <laughs>
1: um, it turns out, I guess will Schwartz has said that he gets over a hundred puzzles a week, and good gravy. obviously there's only seven spots, so it's tough, but guess what he uh since he knew that um the New York Times was not interested in his cottage core themed puzzle, I just gave away the answer to forty two across he sent it to us and uh well, there it is right there. If you want to take a look, I printed one out for you. If you want to take a shot at it. Well, I do. I want to do it very much, although we're probably the experts here. I'm going to put it up on – I'll put it up on Patreon. Dave gave us permission to to do so.
0: It says here that if you get a puzzle in the New York Times, they pay between $200 and $300 for a puzzle and 1000 for a Sunday. But it probably spent you – it took days of work. It's The yeah. hourly
1: rate is not good, and it, because he well, rejects – That's true of any freelance Because writing. he rege- – <laughs> exactly. But he rejects – you know 13 out of 14 puzzles he gets so it's not really reliable work either
0: i sent a uh, just just in the last year sent a uh, uh one of those um daily shouts to the new yorker that i thought was very funny you wrote a shouts and murmurs yeah shouts and murmurs and they uh they wrote back a very nice no thanks <laughs> i was like Come on. Did you get to use it on your Patreon or something? I got a no thanks from them. Oh, I should. I put it up on the Patreon. Good idea. Well, I see here 17 across is a lass. That was just where how, how my you know? eye fell. How do you know? Uh, I'm pretty good at these. I what, mean, I'm what, not what your level of good. What was the clue? What, what, uh, blank
1: poor Yorick. I'm going to say that's a lass. Good job. Thanks.
0: Um, let's see. Uh, here, here. What Hester Prynne had to do to all her clothing? How many letters? Uh, it's a twi- uh, 20 across. Oh, oh, it's a long it's one. It's one of the long
1: ones? Yeah. Well, this is probably, so this is a phrase that doesn't exist, but it somehow makes the the theme work. Right.
0: Hmm.
1: So a... So a letter A or... Yeah. Something well, like that. I don't that. want to give away how the theme works, because we'll, okay. we'll post this to the to the Patreon. Okay. But, um, All right. yeah, but another, I was impressed. This
0: is the first ever omnibus-inspired... Crossword yeah that's exciting. I used to have a there was a fan of the long winters who used to make crossword puzzles themed uh she she did several long winters themed crossword puzzles, but also like was doing indie rock band crossword puzzles galore and sent me a lot of them and I have them for you if you want to do a crossword puzzle with a Colin Malloy theme. <laughs> <laughs> do all
1: crossword puzzles have a Colin Molloy theme? They all, in a way they do. Sure, they're all... All Decembrist albums all have a crossword of, They're all kind of
0: old-timey words you <laughs> yeah. don't normally hear or want to. Yeah, yeah. what does a pirate say? R. Entry 514.PP0203. Certificate number 25968. Games Buddha wouldn't play. This is the portion of the Addenda Show
1: where we get up to speed on what our little... Elephant calf, oh, Esowit,
0: how's Esowit doing? is getting
1: up to in uh, in Kenya right now. Thanks, is Esowit thanks Esowit to still Meg... being kind of a scamp? Esowet was getting up to some mischief last month, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. That's what it was. So I've got the October rundown here. The, the November one hasn't been published yet. Can you um, pick a pick a date in October and I'll tell you what Esowet was up to? Uh,
0: October 29th, my father's birthday. On October 29th.
1: It was a beautiful Sunday morning in Kenya, uh-huh. John. And I, hope, okay. and I hope your dad appreciates
0: that word, wherever
1: he is. Um, Karyo wanted to get out of her stable early and was banging on the door. Yeah, such elephant. That's so elephant. That's so Kario. When Karyo was let out, she walked up to the top of the stockade compound where the rest of the herd was browsing. Esso saw her approaching, excitedly ran up to her, and accompanied her the rest of the way into the forest. Oh. Cario has the sweetest relationship with so many of the orphans.
0: She's a she's a beloved elefante. Well, yeah, except she's not ours. Esowit is ours. Well, right. The one who ran up to her, but Esowit is you know he's a a charming young uh, young sire. He was welcoming Cario to the to the
1: herd. What uh, any other days in October that ring to my October thirteenth on the day after. Uh, there was a new rescue, I guess. Uh-oh. Camille, um, Esther was kind of lingering outside
0: Camille's door. She she was new, a uh, new arrival, and he was already there, kind of to welcoming her. Oh, that's nice. He's a welcomer. Yeah, he like he's
1: a nice, he's friendly to the new the new kid who just moved to that's town great. from Sacramento. As, or he got a job at Walmart. As the orphans got out to the forest, Esowit and some of them began to chase the Impala and baboons who were foraging. After chasing the baboons and Impala, they broke off into pairs and started their own wrestling matches. How fun.
0: Uh, I too would chase baboons and Impala if I were allowed. Esowit paired off with Kinye,
1: and they, the games continued until it was time for them to run down for their 9 o'clock bottles of milk. It seems like Essaouira has a pretty good life. You at, know, if I did any of that, I would get—I
0: would get double, triple canceled if I, if anybody saw. If you chased off some impalas yeah, and baboons, if I was running around chasing baboons and drinking milk out of a bottle, I'd—that'd uh, be just one more nail in my public coffin. I think it would be. I think it would renovate, rehabilitate your whole image. Oh,
1: you think so? Yeah. If you were chasing mm. impalas and baboons around, and then break in, and um wrestling an elephant, and then you take a break. <laughs> for a bottle of milk around 9. <laughs> Is that what it takes to get me back
0: in th- the public eye? I think that's th- All right. That's the main thing. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, hopefully a listener can set that up. And that concludes Omnibus Addenda Volume 25. Futurelings, we thank you for your financial pledges that have made this monumental project possible. We hope that access to these important addenda items has validated your decision to support the Omnibus. It is vitally important that you attach these updates to the original recordings you discovered in their proper context, for the convenience of future browsing by your civilization. We hope that our civilization survives long enough for us to provide you with future addenda to the Omnibus.